Hey everybody, thanks for joining us at the Central and Janesville podcast. Please remember to check us out on centraljanesville.com throughout the week. We're excited for wherever God's got you at right now, and we hope this message brings you a little closer. Thanks. Hey everybody, I am so glad to have the opportunity to speak to you today. I, I hope you guys are all doing well. Uh, I wonder if any of you have enjoyed going through some movies or shows these past few months that maybe you wouldn't have been able to if you would have been able to leave your house at all. <laughs> you know, during the, the whole stay at home thing that we've had to endure, I've gone back and I've watched through all the Marvel movies. and. There's a lot of them. I've been watching quite a few movies. Uh, but before COVID came along, I'd watched like three of them. Uh, but I've gone through almost all of them now, and I usually try to watch them late at night when I should be sleeping uh, so that you know I'm not maybe being a, a bad dad and not doing stuff with my kids. I probably stay up too late, and then the next day I'm, I'm not a good dad because I'm too tired or whatever. But um, speaking of dads, I do want to say happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. Hopefully, uh, you're able to have an amazing day with your family, with your kids, or by yourself if that's what you're hoping for. Um, now I must say, I've, I've kind of liked these Marvel movies. I, I think I'm still a bit more of a DC guy overall, um, but it's been an, an enjoyable run through these movies I've been watching. And just this week I watched one of the last movies called Endgame, it's pretty popular. Um, but I watched it, that was one of the ones I had watched before and I didn't get it a whole lot. But for those who haven't seen it, there's this really bad guy in it named Thanos. And he's trying to destroy the world. And really more accurately, he's trying to kill off exactly half of all of the beings in the world. And he's, in my estimation, he's maybe one of the best supervillains in movie history. Uh, he's got one side of him that comes off as almost compassionate, but he's, he's set his mind on destruction. And so he's also become powerful enough that he's virtually impossible to stop. And just when the Avengers think that they've got him figured out, he comes back at him uh, with, in some new ways of awfulness. It, to me, doesn't that sound a lot like the year 2020? Uh, 2020 has been, it's like one wave of awful after another. Everybody has felt it one way or another. One of the ladies in our church uh, posted something on Facebook a while back, and it had something to do with, I think, um, like this threat of a huge, giant earthquake or volcano, something like that. And I was like, well, if it happens, it makes sense. I mean, it, it's 2020. Because that's kind of how it feels. Every one of us, you know, on a funny side note, not everything in 2020 has been absolutely awful. The other day, Crystal and I got a major, major deal on, a shop, on some shopping that we did. Um, we, we got our receipt and we had saved like 85% on something, uh, what the normal price would have been. And get this, we saved exactly $2,020, $2020 from what the normal price should have been on everything that we bought. And I was thinking, man, I hope that this is a sign that this year is about to get a little bit better. Um, the series that we're in right now, it's called Unshakable. And what we're doing is we're looking at the unshakable traits of God. And it's years like 2020 where you and I, we have to wake up every day and remind ourselves of these unshakable characteristics of God. The traits that can give us hope that can keep us moving forward. And frankly, I don't know how people do it some days without looking, look, without looking to and placing their hope in Jesus. It, it seems like that sometimes that's all that there, we really have. And today I want us to think about God's unshakable hunger for what is right. Maybe some of you need it put this way. God has an unshakable hunger for what is good in this world. 
Now I know that looking around, you might not think that that's the case. I think we need to be really careful about getting to that place where we just think everything is awful. You know, if you're at that place today, I want to challenge you to see that this is actually a way of thinking that's outside of the biblical worldview. It's, it's very real to look around our world and to think, man, holy cow, this world needs Jesus. And it does. But to look around the world and to think that there is nothing left of redeeming quality, that's not a world that you and I are actually living in. Listen to what Paul writes in, in the New Testament, 1 Timothy 4.4. 4. He says, For everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. This world is not to be rejected because God created it and all that he created is good. And if you go a little further than that, no person is to be rejected because God created every person and all that he created is good. And then you go a little further than that. Today is not to be rejected. Instead, it's supposed to be received with thanksgiving because God created it. Now, being honest with yourself, is that how you've been looking at your world? Is it how you've been looking at the people around you or the every day that you've been given, that it is really good? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I've had questions go through my mind as this world has been messed up. Questions like, is it even possible for more things to go wrong? Questions like, I don't know how I can possibly be friends with that person if they really think the way that they think. We've got these kinds of questions. Negativity. Um, it's really easy to get negative about everything right now. There's just, there's just not that much out there that we see sometimes today that seems good in our world. But here's something that we really need to consider today. Casting off the rest of the world as anything but good will lead you down a very unhealthy path. I want to make myself clear here. I'm not saying that as Christians we should put our head in the sand to the things of this world that aren't right. God has an unshakable hunger for what is right, and we need to have that hunger too. But neither should we make out as though everything in this world, that, that there's nothing good. <laughs> I've been reading a book by a woman named Hannah Anderson that's titled All That's Good. And she said something that really stuck with me. She said, to reject the goodness of the world around us is to reject the work of its creator. When we act as if there's nothing of value to, to discover, we actually disdain the one who made it. And that's actually a part of what led this world of ours into a tailspin in the first place. When God created the world, he said that it was good and he said that it was all good. But then Adam and Eve looked around one day and they decided that all that they had been given by God, they decided that it wasn't good enough. That's why they chose to eat from the tree that they weren't supposed to eat, eat from. They, they'd been given everything, all the world in total and complete perfection and it still wasn't good enough. When we become Christians who are discontent with everything, when nothing is good enough in our eyes, then we're more likely to get on paths in our lives that are not healthy. While seeing the evil in our world for what it's worth and, and just speaking out about it, trying to make our world a better place, there has to be some place in, in our lives where we're confronted with God's goodness and that there is goodness in His creation. Without seeing God's unshakable hunger for what's right and what's good, you're going to forget all about the grace and the mercy that God has for us. And you're going to attempt to make this world, um, what you may bring more harm to it, actually. Let me put it this way. We can't spur others on to something better if we can't see and offer them hope in the process. 
Um, I don't want to make any mistake about it. Our world, our nation is hurting right now. Uh, you know, frankly, things kind of stink right now a lot. But there's, there's also so much hope. Even if I can't see it in my personal life today, I'm going to choose to see hope in the God of unshakable goodness and rightness. And the moment that I stop seeing that goodness is the moment that I'm going to try to create a false kind of goodness like Adam and Eve did. What I want to do with the time that I have remaining with you uh, right now is I want to take a look at Psalm 27. And this is a psalm that David wrote in kind of what was his own year 2020. He was being chased by enemies. He was being besieged. There was absolutely nowhere for him to turn except to God. His circumstances aren't, they're not identical to ours, but we obviously, I think we can learn a lot from it nonetheless. And so, first three verses of Psalm 27 say this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. In whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me and devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. And you can almost hear the exasperation in David's voice here. The, the wicked advance on me, armies besiege me, wars all around me. There, there's just no comfort in David's life. And I think about the kind of unrest that has hit me in, in the year 2020. The first kind of unrest that I think hit me, it's weird to say it, but it was when Kobe Bryant's helicopter went down, I think. Uh, his daughter and seven other people were on board. And, and I'll be honest with you, I was never a fan of Kobe Bryant in his basketball playing days. I gleefully cheered against Kobe when he was out on the basketball court uh, until really the last few years. And I started to see this different side to him than I think I'd ever seen before. It was, it was a more humble side. It was a dad side. He had four daughters just like me. Uh, and it broke my heart when I heard what had happened to him and to his daughter. And somewhere in that brokenness, it, there was another, it was another way of God showing me his heart and compassion for people. A man that I had once kind of loathed in a basketball sense, I was now mourning over. It was a simple way that God was once again, I think, confirming in me that I can at times be all too quick to judge and be way too slow to see the good. But then things kind of went from sad to straight up crazy. We go from being concerned about a virus that's on the other side of the world to closing down the entire world around us. Then I find out that my dad has prostate cancer and I can't go see him. His dad, 97 years old, passes away a few days later. We can't have a funeral. And my story, it's, it's not a whole lot different than I think a lot of yours has been lately. And then we're, after all of that and staying in our homes forever, we get confronted once again with the fact that we are nowhere near the kind of racial justice that we hope that we would be at in this world today. There's a feeling of hurt that people of color go through every day that can't be healed in one moment, one day, or one year. We've all seen that there's still this gap of trust in our country and it, it hurts to see it. It's hard to have hard conversations that are needed. It's, it's hard to let down ideas that have built up in our minds over times that maybe aren't fair or aren't true. It's hard to open up social media and be bombarded with this world that's just in constant pain. And in moments like this, when it's hard to see what's good, when parts of life feel crushing, the temptation is to give in and run towards what is comfortable, but comfortable may not lead us to what's right. Uh, you see, David wasn't running from his enemies. 
He was, he was at war. He didn't get to experience some immediate kind of comfort. He, he very well could have run off and gone to live in a country far away, um, but he didn't do it. That wasn't going to lead him to where he was meant to be. That wasn't going to lead him to the throne of Israel where he was, he was supposed to be at. If you're like me, you're probably tired. You're probably confused. You're frustrated right now. Running away from what isn't good is not going to make what isn't good go away. God has an unshakable hunger for what's right. And you and I, we can't run away from what's messed up in this world and pretend that it's not there. We might find comfort, but in no way are we going to help make this world better by doing that. The dream of God is to bring people back to himself. Running to what is comfortable is it's not going to get any of us back to God. So please hear me out right now when I say this. Your comfort does not mean that everything in this world is okay. Your comfort does not mean that your heart is in a good place. In the world that we live in, it's easy to, to kind of shut down all the noise, uh, f- shut out all the noise and cover it with different noise. When I go to bed, I've, I've always been a thinker, and so I've struggled to fall asleep most of my life. So I honestly, I don't mind falling asleep to the TV. I, instead of getting my own thoughts going like crazy, I, I listen to a dumb show and I fall asleep easier. And lately I've been putting a headphone, one headphone in my ear and I've been falling asleep to a podcast. And it's super annoying because you don't want to use a wired pair of earphones because, you know, as you start turning around in the night, you might, you might choke yourself by, by turning over and this thing is... So I, I use a Bluetooth earphone. So I put that thing in and eventually the Bluetooth earphone falls out of my ear and then I wake up in the morning searching for it for like five minutes trying to find in the bed where it went. But these are the lengths that I'll go to to shut off my own brain and the noise in my head so that I can get some sleep. It's a way for me to shut off the noise in my head, fall asleep, by filling it with other noise. But you know what's maybe our greatest temptation? Uh, You know, the things that cause us as Christians to not be the agents of change for good in the world that we're called to be? You know what that great temptation is? The temptation is to drown out the noise of the hurting people and the oppressed people and the lost people and and bring in just about any other noise and to hear that. It's an uncomfortable place to feel the conviction of God's heart in our own hearts. It's an uncomfortable place to know a wrong that we could possibly help make right. It's an uncomfortable place to see a hurt and to feel inadequate to be able to do anything about it. And so I often want to run to a place that's more comfortable and easy. Please remember this as you struggle through your everyday life. Comfort doesn't always mean everything is right. Sometimes God wants you to live in the discomfort that will help you become more who he he wants you to be. Sometimes God wants you to live in the discomfort that will help you make something right that is not right. Let's not run from discomfort. David did not run from discomfort. Uh, Discomfort was something that actually strengthened him. You see, God hungers for what is right. And when you look around the world today and you see people who are hurting, know that God hungers for the things, those things to be made right. We should hunger for what is right more than we hunger for our comfort. So I want to go a little little further now into this Psalm 27, verses 4 and 5. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred rock and set me high upon a rock. See, when I get to the end of a long day, uh, 
I got a few things that I look forward to that bring me some amount of comfort. Putting the kids to bed, plopping in my own bed, kind of just turning off the cares of life. I love it. And frankly, we all need those kinds of things. And I need certain things during the middle of the day sometimes. I, to get me through the morning, I'm waiting for my panini that I get to eat at lunch, my panini sandwich. And I'm even more excited about the best chocolate in the world after that panini sandwich, some chocolate with a little bit of sea salt in it. And to keep our sanity, we kind of need moments in life where, where our spirits get comforted and our minds are put at ease. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that, but David went after a comfort in this passage that I don't always go after. I want you to listen to it again. He says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. So at the end of your day or at the beginning of your day, what is the one thing that you ask for or seek? Is it just for the kids to be quiet long enough so that you can kind of get one thought to go through your brain? Is it for 30 minutes to read a book or to watch a show? All those things might be good, but the best comfort is always going to be comfort that comes from Jesus. Are you finding your truest comfort from dwelling with Jesus every day? See, His creation is good. We need to, to have something in our day that where the goodness of God in His creation overwhelms us. The only comfort that we can find that is always healthy is finding comfort in Jesus. Some of us, we find comfort in what we think we know. Uh, we've got our, we got our strong opinions and we take comfort in the fact that, man, I see the world the way that it really is. I'm so right. But the older I get, the less things I seem to know for certain. The only thing that I seem to trust in more every day is the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. Uh, knowing Jesus is the only place where you can truly be at rest and find comfort. I can bring to him all my failings, my mess ups, all of my preconceived and wrong ideas about life, and he accepts me in spite of it all. And in his presence, which I can only get into his presence when I actually humble myself, that's the only time I really can get in the presence of Jesus, but in his presence, that's where my heart can, and my mind can truly be changed. I need Jesus to find real and lasting comfort. The comfort that Jesus gives can actually get me through even the 2020 kind of moments, the moments that that there is, there's darkness and my heart needs to find some light. Only Jesus can calm my heart and, and give me this deep, satisfying comfort. Everything else is just a distraction from my troubles. Jesus is the answer to my troubles. Question is, are you finding your comfort in Jesus? And so David goes on in this Psalm, uh, in verse 11, I love this verse. Psalm 27, verse 11. He says, teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. The older you get, do you find that it's just not quite as fun to learn new things? It might be fun to learn new stuff. You know, like I'd love to learn a new instrument, but it's hard. And, it, and I've done well for 39 years without it. So it, it, you just don't want to learn new stuff sometimes. But what's worse than learning new things is actually learning that your old way of doing things was wrong to begin with. Uh, any of you ever try to go from working on a PC to going to a Mac? It's awful. Like, now granted, I did it when I was a little younger. It took me like three days to get used to it. But learning new mouse pads and, and even new keystrokes, some of you would still be on Windows 98 if your computers hadn't started shutting down because you were on such an old platform. 
Now, one thing that in my own life that I've bucked against, I have bucked against using Amazon for all of my shopping. Um, there, when Eric and I were working in the same office, there were times where he would be like, uh, I, he'd see that I go to a store, I'd be like, ah, I gotta go, go to a store and get this, and he'd be like, why don't you just order it on Amazon? And I'd be like, man, I didn't even think about Amazon. But then COVID hit, and so Crystal and I, we finally caved into Amazon Prime and we got it, and I gotta say, it's, ama- it's an amazing thing. Like, you start ordering enough things, and it's like Christmas every time that a new box comes to your house, because you forget what you ordered, and so you're opening, you're like, this is so fun, I love it. Change can be good, but it can also be really hard for us. And David was a guy who wasn't content uh, staying the same way that David always was. He said, teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path. Question is, do you want to be taught? Do you want to grow? Or do you, do you want to find out those areas where you might be wrong? It's so tempting to tune out the teaching that God wants for our lives. But I want you to hear this. Be careful that you don't tune out voices simply because you don't want to be challenged. I think that's what David's saying here in verse 11. It may be God's voice that you're trying to tune out. It may be somebody else's voice that you're trying to tune out uh, who wants to speak truth in your life. It may be somebody who you completely disagree with that God wants to use in your life to speak into your life. Maybe there's a shred of truth in what that person is saying that you need to hear. Now, I may, I may disagree with a lot of what somebody says, but there are very few people who are 100% right every time and who are 100% wrong all the time. Sometimes we need to be willing to listen to people who we don't think are right. They might have something that, that we could learn from. It's hard to, to keep reading things on social media. It's hard to, to read books that challenge our thinking. It's hard to have conversations uh, with people that we disagree with. And our tendency is to kind of weed out of our lives all the people that, who don't think like us. We defriend them and we do all this weird stuff. We, uh, we got to be careful about doing that kind of stuff because I think some of those people are the very people that God wants to use in our lives to teach us something. And we have to be willing enough to be taught. Hannah Anderson says in her book, as more of us get our news and opinions from online sources, filter bubbles also mean that we're less likely to encounter viewpoints that challenge or unsettle us. Here's the thing. Don't get stuck in your ways. Don't just listen to people that you agree with. God often confronted people's wrong ideas in scripture with people who weren't perfect, but who had a grasp on some part of truth that needed to be shared with somebody else. Uh, One time, God even used a donkey to speak into a person's life and change another man's heart. The moment that I'm no longer willing to learn and to grow is the moment that I'm saying, I think I'm perfect. And that's actually the moment where I become more like a Pharisee and less like a disciple of Jesus. Disciple of Jesus is always learning. That's what the word disciple means. (laughs) to be a learner, to follow in the footsteps of somebody that's teaching you. Uh, Keep this in mind, whatever side of the political spectrum you fall on, you personally will never have everything right. The people that you're so quick to demonize, whoever it might be, you've just stepped into the place of judging rather than loving that person. Here's something that I've actually wondered often is, um, we all think of Hitler as the worst human being that's ever lived, but I wonder, had Hitler had somebody who was a friend who simply had the courage to challenge his crazy thoughts 
and maybe help bring him back to a place of sanity, what would have happened? Maybe it wouldn't have helped. But we have this tendency that once we think that someone's off the mark in some way, we cast them aside as though they're a lost cause. But I want to remind you, Jesus went after all the lost causes. He went after the one when the 99 were still there. Maybe you can be that friend to teach someone where the straight path is. Or maybe you even need to be that person who learns something from someone that you think is completely a lost cause. We have, to be, we have to realize that we need to be teachable people rather than shutting down conversation. If you're only hearing your own voice all the time, it's not a healthy recipe for growth. God often speaks to people through other people, even people that we disagree with. So are you being teachable today? Because that's what, that's what David was trying to talk about in verse 11. Teach me your ways, O Lord. And then he goes on in verses 13 and 14 of Psalm 27. He says this, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. I got to be honest with you. I love these two verses. I love David's optimism. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's something that I think we need to be careful as followers of Jesus never to lose. You can say, Kellen, that's, that's just not seeing the whole picture. You're only optimistic because you care not to see how awful the world is. But as a Christian, it's not that I don't see the hurts in the world, but I'm going to choose to always see it through the glory of the cross. And what the heck do I mean by that? I mean that no matter where the path of this world takes me, no matter what grievances I might come across, I'm going to see that on the other side there is a hope of mercy and grace through the blood of Jesus. And one more time, I love what Hannah Anderson, how she puts it. She says, in the chaos of the world, it's very easy for us to believe that brokenness is ultimate. And if that's the case, then the best thing that we can do is find a safe place, gather our loved ones, and hunker down. The best thing we can do is stay close to home. But scripture offers a slightly different reading. It tells us that God's world, for all its brokenness, is good and worth discovering. Here's a final thought I got for you this morning. You will see what's good and right in the midst of what God has created. Be patient. That's what David was saying in these verses. He believed in the goodness of the Lord and he believed that it was worth being patient for. We have an eternal hope of God's goodness that he's not only promised to us, but he's proven to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Our God is so good that he came into this mess of a world and he took on our sin, he died, and then he rose victorious over it. His victory is what we need to focus our hearts and our minds on when we see all this ugliness around us. This morning, what we're going to do is we're going to remember God's goodness through a time of communion together. Some of us need, need that reminder so desperately today. I need that reminder so desperately today. There is good in this world and it's found in Jesus. Psalm 33.5 says, God loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Now, as we remember his body and his blood given and shed for us on the cross, let's remember that it was God's hunger for what is right and good that led him to the cross. This week, when you're tempted to see only what is wrong with this world, let's let the hope of Jesus remind us that we really do have something good to be patient for. There is good in this creation of his. You and I are part of that good creation. He proved we are all worth something when he chose to die for us, and that is pretty awesome. 
Let's remember this incredibly good God who has a hunger for all that is right and good in this world. Why don't you pray with me? Lord, I thank you so much that you truly do have a hunger for what's right. God, I know that most of us, I think we have a hunger for what is right, but sometimes we don't even understand what that looks like. God, I thank you that you are good and that you are right. God, I pray that you would help me. I pray that you'd help everybody out there listening to this. Um, Sometimes we think we're right. Sometimes we think we know everything. God, sometimes we need to be taught. We need to be teachable. God, I pray this week that you would help us not to tune out voices that we don't want to hear because it, it makes it, 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 because it challenges us. God, help us to be willing to be challenged. Give us a hunger for what is right. And if that means being uncomfortable, help us to be okay with being uncomfortable. We want to be more like your son, Jesus. God, I pray that you'd help us to be that today. We thank you for the grace and the mercy that we find in Jesus. We thank you for the body and blood that he he gave up for us for forgiveness of sins. And God, we just ask that in all of our lives, in our, around us in this world, God, I pray that your grace and mercy would cover over the, the hurt that we're seeing. We love you, Lord. Give us an optimism knowing that we have hope in Jesus. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on the Central and Janesville podcast. Remember to check us out at centraljanesville.com. Have a great week.